Hello DFers, Alfie here and welcome to the Draft Fantasy Podcast. Game Week 5 has given us plenty to talk about, so in Part 1 we have our Game Week discussions and Manners discusses the complexities and pitfalls of the points system. Part 2, our secret journalist, Phil Dorks, is back to give us his score predictions for Game Week 6 and where those player points will be going. And Part 3, we have your favourite feature, Who Dat Man? Edger or player. We've also got an attacker stats, team name of the month, and Jon Snow is back to enlighten us with his wisdom in Poetry Corner. As Bobby Firmino would say, ah, ah, there's a finger in my skull, get it out! Roll the music. The yeah, so uh, welcome. It's uh, it's Draft Fantasy Podcast. Welcome. Hi, Sam. Hi, Alfie. You all right, mate? I'm all right. Uh, we've just done Game Week 5. How exciting. Do you want to hear the Game Week 5 roundup manners? Yes, I'd love to, actually, because actually some of it will be news to me. Yes, let's go then. Game Week 5 roundup. Firmino and his eye for goal dominate Spurs, but Eriksen and Lamella combine late to strike through the heart of those hoping for a Liverpool stop-out. Chris Smalling proves his fantasy doubt was wrong with a wonder strike. Zaha sings the hard. Wolves proved to be a solid choice. Arsenal almost kept a clean sheet. Man City did keep a clean sheet, but Benjamin Mendy gave everyone a scare by not playing. Paper legs. Hazard scores a hat-trick and proves he's almost as good as current world number one, Ryan Fraser, who most people left in the bench. And Yarmolenko-inspired West Ham won a game of football, proving, as we suspected, the Everton are rubbish. Three clean sheets this week. Palace, City, Wolves, Assist Kings with Giroud and Aguero with two each. Goal King was Hazard with three, of course. Goal scoring defenders, Duffy, Doherty, Adam Smith. No penalty misses, no own goals, two red cards. Matic and a very soft one for Wes Morgan. This week's top players, Hazard, Fraser, Yamalenko, and Duffy, who scored a goal and got an assist. Top three players overall, Hazard, Alonso, and Mane. And there we have it, game week five. Yes, uh, so some stats for you now, Manners. Wilfred Saha has netted eight goals in his last 10 Premier League games. So that's as many as in his previous 44. Mm. Uh, Leroy Sane has had a hand in 18 goals in his last 16 Premier League games at the Etihad Stadium. That's six goals and 12 assists. And Wolves' uh, Willy Bolly has had a hand in 100% of his goals. <laughs> How are you? How's your game week? You lost, didn't you? Um, I think so, yeah. I'm still trying to do the maths, but... Okay, well, never mind. So that would make it one win in five for you. Yeah, it's pretty unfortunate because in this instance, um, like, actually my team played really well this week and I'm quite happy with what they did. But, uh, yeah, it would appear that he's going to screw me in the last... So, yeah, second bottom in, a, in our 11-man league. Second lowest uh, player points, of course. And ultimately lucky that Ben no, I don't is think awful. I'm, I don't think I'm going to have the second lowest player points after this week. I've scored well this week. I've mm, been well above we'll the average see. this week. Uh, ben wasn't, obviously. No, <laughs> he never will be. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so third Is he going to have to do something extra horrible if he comes last in two seasons on, two uh, seasons I'm on the I'm thinking donating a kidney. <laughs> 
Will be, I think it's so. I don't know so who'd want one of Ben's kidneys. But let's look at your team, eh? Do you know what? Fernandinho scored. Yeah. Well, um, Georgie Wijnaldum scored his first ever Premier League away goal. Do you know how many shots he had until he scored? No. 55. If only there were points for having shots. 55 in the I think there scored. should be points for having shots, you know. Well, you mean like in terms of like how goalkeepers get three saves and they get a bonus point? Uh, yeah. To yeah. so three I'm shots on target? And on target, yeah. Be- because uh, um, I think even if you're not, um, if you've had shots on target, you're scaring a goalkeeper and it's showing <laughs> that the team's had pressure, that you've been in the right position. Well, I'm not talking like an issue with skying it over the crossbar and just having a whack from any old position for no reason. I'm a talking like, short. But then how would you... Oh, I don't know. That's too much, isn't it? Come on, let's go down the points debate again. No, we're not doing that. No, it's too early in the season. You were denied a Liverpool clean sheet, of course, with a last-minute Spurs goal. Yeah, and it's annoying because I was looking at a thing today and someone had um, Van Dijk as in their you know, game of the week or whatever. Um, team, sorry, team of the week. And he only got two points because of that. And, I mean, you and... Uh, we've talked about it, but defenders are being smashed this season. And it's really unfortunate because I think I've got probably the best defender in the league. Well, he's what, he's registered three points in the last two games and they've won both of those. And he's been class. And he's been class, yeah. But that's because in our league, we don't play with bonus points. Would he have got more with bonuses? I have no idea. Let's <laughs> just assume for the narrative <laughs> that he will have got those. Yeah, I mean... How do you think the... the cust- I haven't even looked at how the co- custom points thing would have worked had we played that. I, I, th- I don't know. I, I think I think last season, defenders scored too highly and now they're back to scoring too lowly. Uh, too, yeah, too lowly. Hmm. There's not a thing. It's difficult, isn't it? Because there's plenty of fantastic players in the Premier League that play well, influence games, and yet don't score any fantasy league points. But then you can look at it and say, well, that's just fantasy league. So Yeah. It, d- it definitely does feel like the Conte points still... A Conte. Yeah, that, that they're not doing... The defensive midfielders are just not getting any points again. Yeah. The recoveries last season made it weird. People like Dale Stevens getting six points every week despite getting yeah. spanked 5-0. It's okay, you don't want that, but like... I don't know. Well, maybe it's because it's early doors of draft fantasy. Like We've I, got the winter to come, I suppose. Winter's coming. They have this problem in America. To be fair, in the more mature platform of NFL draft fantasy football, they have a, they have this a similar problem in which, um, especially, and it's more prevalent in American football, where a team could be smashing it into the third quarter, so like a 40 nil, basically, and there's no chance that the team's going to get back in. So what they do is they end up resting their uh, starting quarterback they just take out all the players that are important because like, there's yeah. no way they're going to get in. And then the, the opposing team will then proceed to score, um, even if however crap they've been in for the first half, proceed to score like three touchdowns. So whoever had the, f- in fantasy, whoever had those players who were on the crap team and weren't going to be doing very well and actually didn't play well for the, the when it counted, got what they call garbage time points. And that's a real problem. In the, so it, it would appear even in a mature platform when people have been playing it for like 20 odd years, it's still hard to balance the points yeah. We'll get there. Let's go to Poetry Corner. Poetry Corner with John Injured, they said. Not gonna play, they said. Got a bad leg, it's dead. 
Come the weekend, Brother Ryan would get two more goals and an assist as he put Leicester to the sword. But look at him now, sitting on a bench made of gold. And because all of you listened to Twitter reports of old. Bastards. Poetry There you go, nice bit of poetry there. Thanks very much to uh, Alphatron 6000 for sending that poem in and, of course, uh, read aloud by the wonderful Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. Speaking of Ryan Fraser, hashtag managing manners, hashtag managing. Yeah. So, uh, so many of you guys had a bit of a management nightmare this weekend. Ryan Fraser, I tell you, uh, nearly all the reports on Twitter leading up to this weekend uh, had him down to basically not starting. So loads of people benched him. And subsequently lost loads of points. He scored two goals, got an assist. But um, just benching Ryan Fraser wasn't enough for some managers. Uh, Stephen Lolo, uh, not only did he bench Fraser, also benched Wolves Jimenez, who scored. And he ended up costing him 26 points. I really want to see a screenshot of this because that's like, he must have, his whole bench must have played and got points, scored basically. For 26 points on a bench. It's a lot. And then his entire outfield must have played. I I haven't seen it this season that anybody in our league has managed... I'm not I'm not denying Lol Olscott, but... Uh, You're saying he's pain. a liar? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it probably feels like me. It's like a bad week. He left points on the bench and it feels like 26... Maybe it was, but that's a lot of points on a bench. Well, Fraser would have got about 15 to 18, depending Is on it? the league. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Dan Wiz, 1990, alongside Fraser, had Chris Smalling sitting there. And uh, I'll tell you what, no sympathy. Never underestimate Big Chris. Marco Van Smalling. He scored a wonderful goal. Yeah. Big Chris. Big Chris. Chris Smalling. Yeah, but you said Marco Van... Big... Yeah, Marco Van Basten. Yeah. I'm mixing the names up. Oh, I see, right. Marco Van Basten was famous for scoring fantastic volleys and Chris Smalling scored fantastic volleys. Oh, volley. okay. I mean, as you know, because yeah. you saw the football this well, weekend. Well, you could have done... Um, if you're going to reference great volleys, you could have done what's-his-face, that annoying Swedish man who's just so Bjorn arrogant. Berg. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't arrogant, actually. The Zlatland. Zlatan. Zlatans. Zlatan über Himmersmalling. Yeah. There you go. That's better. Yeah. <laughs> that's where we'd have got the reference. Team names. Funny team names. So when last week we had, uh, or two weeks ago we had, Socrates, Pap the Fuck the Police. Yeah. Really good name, actually. Also from, we mentioned him earlier, Dan Wiz 1990, code name Danny Weaver. His team name, mm. Colonel Getafe. Yeah, that's all right. That's yeah. <laughs> good, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know how PC it is to do, like, dictators for names. Like, you made us all, like, think a bit more carefully about our names because <laughs> we're doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, think, I, think, I think dictators is fine, especially, A, if they're foreign. And dead. Yeah, and dead. Yeah, okay. Well done. Danny Weaver, Colonel Gattafi, you are the team name of the month. <laughs> Were there any more team names? No, that's no, it. Awesome. So you can contact us on Twitter at DraftFantasyPod if you want to let us know your team names or your managing faux pas. Hashtag managing. Hashtag DF Life. Please get in touch. Please. No, really Please. do get in touch. 
Right then, Manners, I think it's time we hear from our secret journalist. Yeah, secret journalist. Gerbil smuggling ger- gerbilist. Gerbilist. I mean, no one's going to know that he's got gerbils and he... Oh, really? Do you not put the gerbil stuff in? No. Oh. Put the gerbil stuff I in. Mean, look, okay, here's our secret journalist. Gerbilist. He keeps gerbils and you don't know who it is. Phil Dogs. The secret journalist. Shh, it's a bloody secret. I not in love anymore. Hi, Phil. Remarkable. <laughs> Absolutely remarkable. Hi, Alfie, how you doing? I'm good. Bit of Michael McDonald for you, mate. No, that was beautiful. I it, preferred Final Countdown last time. Yeah, well, there is that, but I can't do that every week. No, 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 it's not like a theme tune. That would be that would be just taking a little bit too much credit for a wonderful <laughs> song. Anyway, how are you? So, uh, Phil Dorks, you've had a relatively easy fixture this week by playing Manners, who's sitting next to me, of course. But, is this working on the... What, do you, why do you think I've beaten him? You have. I, I, I haven't. You have, because you've got Brooks coming in. Yeah, but I've got five midfielders in my team already, so he's not going to get off the bench. Oh. No, no, listen listen to this. I'm, I'm going to break some news to hear Manners here. Manners, you've beaten me this week. Because um, you're going to get two points coming in from Monreal for a defender, and I'm going to get fucking Harry Maguire on minus one coming off the bench to screw me. So, so Sam, yeah, I can break the news to you. You have indeed beat me. So congratulations, sir. Well, thank you very much. Um, I'm going to take this chance to be very humble. No, I'm not. Glory, glory. I, I told Alfie this earlier. I was like, no, no, look at Brooks, look at Brooks. And I'm, I, I had thought he was a goalkeeper, but yeah. Brilliant. No, oh no, no, he's, he's he's a midfielder, so he would he would have come in if I hadn't already stacked my midfield with with five of the five of the sods. Good. But um, the just continue. I mean, you you are very much my bogey team, so Johnny <laughs> continues a very long run of fixtures where you you've sneaked wins against me. So, but you know, well done, well done. Can I just say, Phil, it's it's good to see you back to form, back to below average form after your peak last week against me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, I mean, I, I if if I had to choose two, one of you, so I should say, to to pull all the stops out of and beat, then I'd, it would definitely be you, Alfie. I'd get used to losing the Sam, but I quite <laughs> I quite enjoy beating you. Right, uh, Phil. Upcoming yeah. game weeks. So let's talk about your last week game predictions. <laughs> How exciting! Yeah, I don't, I don't think I did quite so well this time round. Well, the first time round, you got uh, you got it more hundred percent correct. I tell you what, let's do a scoring system. So I would suggest three points for hundred percent correct. So that's that's correct winner or draw, yeah. and the correct score line, or one point if you just get the correct result but not the score line. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You went for Bournemouth 2, Leicester 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, the score was, of course, 4-2 to Bournemouth. I mean, that is difficult to predict by anyone's standards. Yeah. So you were correct, yeah. but incorrect. <laughs> you get one point for that. And then you went for Huddersfield 1, Palace 2. Obviously, the score was 1-0 uh, to Palace. So you were yeah. correct, but incorrect. <laughs> and finally, Everton 3, West Ham won. Yeah. Of course, the final score was 3-1 to West Ham. So you were massively incorrect. But yeah. also sort of correct, but just the wrong yeah. way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah, I mean, I, I hold my hands up to that. I didn't expect Everton to be quite as bad as they were, but they were awful. But I think you didn't factor in that it was uh, Pellegrini's birthday. Oh, no. Well, if I'd, if I'd only done better research, if I'd known that, 
Yeah. Did so, you know uh, Pellegrini is the first manager to win on his birthday in the Premier League since uh, hashtag Wenger out on October 22nd last season? And do you know what? Also against Everton. Yeah. These are the kind of facts that people come to this podcast <laughs> for. If you've got a birthday, play Everton. Should we do you ones this week then? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's get it on, as they say. In, in, in previous weeks, I've kind of thought, oh, I'll have a little bit of a theme to it, but now I'll just pick three games, sod it. Um, <laughs> so I've gone, first up, Fulham and Watford. I'm going 3-2 Fulham. Oh, really? What, the dream's over for Watford already, is it? Yeah, well, I, I, I quite like Fulham, and I know they haven't had a, an absolutely spectacular start to the season, but they, they score goals and also concede them as well. So I, I think that it could well be a pretty high-scoring game. And yeah, I, I just not that I want to jump on the bandwagon immediately and start slamming Watford, because I think Watford are a good side. But I think, yeah, I think it might just go Fulham's way, that one. Next one, Burnley-Bournemouth. I'm going to go for a 1-0 Burnley win. That's... <laughs> That's going to be a glorious game to watch, no doubt. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. You see, I, I, another side, I like Bur- I like Bournemouth a lot as well. I really do like Bournemouth. I think they've started really well. Um, but I just got the feeling that Burnley have got this kind of, they have got a resilience about them. And, they, and it's the kind of game where I can see them getting, not necessarily suddenly back to form, but but pulling something out of the bag when they most need it because they've had a really shocking start to the um, season. I mean, they really have. This is Burnley's worst start to a season in the top flight ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I think if you include all of the... Because I don't think they won a... They didn't win a Europa League game in, in uh, 90 minutes, did they? I don't, uh, I don't think, think so, no, I, no. I don't think they... Because the, the only one that they won was in extra time, wasn't it? So I think they've, they've something ridiculous, like 11 games already, they've gone this season without winning. But... Um, yeah, I, I, Sean Dyche is a good manager, and I think that's the kind of fixture where they'll look at it and think, we can we can dig in here, we'll get a result. Might just be like a Ben Me header from a corner or, or, some, or something like that and just and start to get them through. Just stop the rot, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Third one, I've gone Man United and Wolves. <laughs> I think Wolves will get a one-all draw at Old Trafford. Oh, really? I mean, United mm. did look very good in the first half against Watford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think all of the kind of doom mongering that exists around Man United uh, at the start of the season, it means, yeah, they didn't have a great start. And, and the game against Brighton, they were truly god awful in that. But the, they've still got a ridiculously talented football side. And Mourinho is not a mug. He knows how to get results, regardless of whether you admire the football he plays or not. He knows how to get results. And so, yeah, they were always going to come back and they're always going to start winning games again. I just think Wolves uh, are a useful football team. And I think that they might they might be at a nick of result there. Right, let's do your hidden gems. Yeah, well, okay, I I think that, uh, and I know Huddersfield don't score a lot of goals, but I think Mounier is a decent player, and I think Mounier is uh, has done. Well, he certainly had chances. He's certainly you know kind of been a presence in the penalty area. I think he might be someone who might come good at some point because he might be that one who gets you, gets you. You know, I think it was the first game of last season, didn't he? he scored twice. Yes, he did. Um, the only time, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, pretty much the only time. But I think he's got one of those games in him, and I think that you might. I mean, whether it's in the next two weeks or not, I don't know. But I think he might potentially. You might want one to cotton onto and, and get a couple of goals out of him. 
Um, the other one I was going to suggest, and he, I guess this is, he certainly wasn't uh, an, like a hidden gem at the start of the season because obviously they spent a lot of money on getting him in. Uh, but I think he kind of bided his time before coming to the side. Probably the only player in the Everton side who came away with any kind of credit, although saying that defensively he was a bit a bit ropey. But Lucas Digne, Dean, I thought. Lucas Dean. Dean, sorry, Dean. Uh, <laughs> Lucas Dean had certainly going forward is is a is a weapon for Everton, and he's someone that I mean he created three or four decent chances. I don't think pretty much anybody else created a chance of any apart from the goal that they scored. I don't think they really created any massive chances. But Dean, fantastic down that left hand side going forward. I mean he's a bit ropey at the back. And he, a couple of the goals for West Ham came from maybe potentially him being out of position. But if clearly Silver wants him and his respective other fullback, I know it was, it was John Joe Kenny in that game, but it's probably Coleman when he's fit, clearly wants his fullbacks to provide that attacking width and he could potentially have some assists in him. The only other one I was going to mention, and this is slightly more, this is like maybe hits your category of hidden gem a bit better is um, James MacArthur at Crystal Palace, who has started all their games, uh, isn't necessarily one that you look at and think he's going to bag me a load of points, but he does have a goal in him, and he has been getting involved going forward for Palace quite a bit. I think he might potentially be one to, to get some points. They've got a couple of games that are winnable as well coming up. They've got Newcastle at home and Brighton away. And I think that, particularly that Newcastle game at home, MacArthur might be in with a decent shout of getting you something. Nice. Anyway, well, thanks again, mate. Uh, We'll speak to you again in a couple of weeks. I hope all your predictions come true. You're doing very well. I'm gauging that you've got nine nine points last week, only two points. You've got 11 out of 18 points on your score predictions. I'll uh, do. That's just to let you know that I secretly did some score predictions last week. I didn't tell you, but I got them all correct. Oh, well done. That, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, mean, I mean, who'd have thought, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that is absolutely remarkable. Yeah, crazy. Anyway, thanks again, mate. We'll speak to you soon. Yeah, no worries, mate. See you later. Bye. Who are you? Fred, I can't release that information. I told you already, I can't tell you. Please, just tell me who you are. God damn it, woman. I'm a journalist. Part three then, Manners. Yeah. Welcome back. Hey, that was good. You, The best news you've heard, you won. Yeah, and I, yeah, like I said in the thingy, I, 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 we had a, a mini row about it, although we should have had it on air, that I did think that that was, uh, that was the case, but not for the reasons that I thought it was, that it was. You were just a bit confused. I was a bit confused, yeah. Yeah, good. All right, move on. Hey, it's a shame we don't have another stat, isn't it, Manners? Yeah. But we do! Here's the stat for you, stat attack. Marko Nautovic has been directly involved in 10 of West Ham's last 14 Premier League goals. That's six goals and four assists. Who's got him? Do we know who's got uh, him? Ming and Phil's got him because he's no. a West Ham fan, isn't he? Oh, dear. Yeah, that poor sod. Um, I think I could be lying. Yeah, it's a, it's a great stat. Um, like a solid... <laughs> uh, I didn't understand it at first, but assist, you know, means goals and... Uh, sorry, involved means assists and goals. Got it. Yeah, like, like it. Right, well, I was glad that was a success. <laughs>
Anyway. Uh, shall we do Who Dat Man, a Jettle Player? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Who Dat Man, a Jettle Player, player. Who Dat Man, a Jettle Player, player. I'm a manager, oh, I'm a player. I wrote a book, I got to tell you. Read all the juicy bits. 12.99 from W.H. Smith. So, listeners, Who Dat Man, a Jettle Player is uh, the feature that... You all love probably more than you do. Listen to us rant on. Uh, Manners is going to read uh, from a player's uh, or manager's autobiography. I have to guess who it is. I don't know who it is, but I have to guess. Crazy. Uh, okay, Manners. Are yeah. you ready? Yeah. Outside the front door ran the trams, or as we called them then, tracklesses, because they ran on an overhead power cable rather than on tracks like ordinary trams. I loved to travel, even at that age. <laughs> and unlike today, it was no problem for an eight or nine-year-old on his own. A youngster could go almost anywhere in comparative safety. I wonder what happened to change all that. Is that it? Yeah. Is I it... wonder what happened to change... Well, Sorry, change all what? I don't know. Just... Public transport? <laughs> no, I think he's saying what happened to change the fact that nine-year-olds can't go on trams without fear of being molested. Because we've probably. evolved a society... That we've now realised that children will get, can get abducted and horrible things happen to them. Yeah. Right. Initial feeling, Burning Manning, of course. Yeah, yeah. I don't make a habit of revisiting my old clubs. I once went back to the Dells sometime after leaving Southampton to help Sky TV commentate, but the car park attendant wouldn't let me in. It was the same guy who'd worked there when I played for them, and I thought he hadn't recognised me. When I went down the window to say hello, he asked me where my pass was. I told him I was working for Sky and was waiting for me in the office. I parked up to go and collect the ticket, but he ran over and shouted, I know who you are, but you still can't come in here without a pass. The silly thing was that there was only about 6,000 people there, and they all could have got in the car in the car park. As small as an incident as it was, it was one of the low points of my life. <laughs> I told the guy I had captained the club for two years and he retorted that I still couldn't come in without a pass. So I telephoned Sky from the car and told them I wouldn't be covering the game and Dave Bassett stepped in to replace me. Fuck me. So a low point of this guy's life yeah. is not getting into a car park for free. Yeah, and I can think of... When you find out who it is, there are a lot more low points that he should have been... Go on then. Can't uh, wait. I used to particularly enjoy the Jimmy Tarbuck golf tournament, which I actually won one year at the Sotorondo Grand Course near Gibraltar. I was playing with a man from the Lake District. I was hustling him along, saying we were a bit slow and needed to increase our pace. As he laboured up the hill towards the short eighth, I suggested that if someone just put a hand on his back while he was going up the incline, even without physically pushing, it would help. His wife, who was caddying for him, came over and in a broad Cumbrian accent quietly advised me not to push him too hard as he was convalescing after a triple heart bypass. Never mind losing the match, we could have lost him. Thankfully we didn't, and we went on to win a very tough tournament. He came really good that last day once I realised I had to take my time with him. I mean... <laughs> what? It's the inane... In Inanity, it's just, it's just so inane. I can't understand how that made it into the book. So let me just let me just break it down for those who didn't quite understand. A guy played golf. He was playing with someone who was a bit older, had a bit of a heart problem, and they didn't die. Nothing happened, and they all went home. Well, he did win the tournament. Oh, sorry, they won the tournament. <laughs> yeah, but still, I just don't know what the purpose of any of that stuff about the bloke was being slow. Anyway. 
I called Terry from my hotel room. The first thing he said was, you've taken on the big one, a massive club. We talked about it for a while and then I inquired about what he was up to. He was doing a bit of this and a bit of that. He said selling hamburgers at racetracks, mainly. I asked him how he would fancy working for me at Newcastle. He was stunned. Me? He said. Back in football? You're the first one I've rung. When do you want me there? Yesterday. Right, I'm packing my gear. I'll be there in the morning. Hang on. I hope it's not the person I think it is. Because I've been dissing him and I really, he's a very lovable person. Tino wasn't too hot at timekeeping in general. He used to turn up at 10.15 in his big coat, freezing cold, with hardly enough time to get changed for training. I used to tell him in Spanish that he was very late. Tarde, more tarde, Tino. That, that's that's <laughs> terrible. That that's me, that's not him. I, that uh, I, that okay. was all me. One day I asked him why he, was always cut it, why he always cut it so fine. Terry and I pointed out that Alan Shearer was there an hour before we started every day. He said nothing and just sat there looking at us with those great big eyes. <laughs> A couple of days later, <laughs> Terry and I, having a game of head tennis, were interrupted at 9.20 by the arrival of Tino Espria. We went over to congratulate him because that our little lecture had worked. Tino, muy bien, muy bien. Tino looked baffled. Suddenly we remembered that the clocks had gone back the day before and obviously he hadn't known about it. Far from turning over a new leaf, he was actually five minutes later than usual by his watch. I think I know who it is now. Yeah. Yeah, I know who Terry is now. That's his mate, Terry. Mm. So you know who it is. Yeah. I know it. It's Kevin Keegan, it's isn't Kevin it? Kevin Keegan. I mean, all due respect to Kevin Keegan, fantastic footballer, gave, has had some fantastic football moments, but he is that archetypal, nice English person. Not much going on, but it's just a lovely bloke. I, I actually think it might be a bit simple. What annoys me is if his great, one of his greatest lows was um, not being recognised uh, or, or the Southampton car park attendant not letting him park in the car park without a pass. His fucking lowest point should have been when England lost to Germany in the last game of Wembley when Depends. Dieter Armand yeah. banged in a goal from, like, miles out, frankly. That's his problem. Or his lowest point should have been losing to Fergie and setting up that d- dynasty, dynasty, whatever you want to call it, for how long from not being able to... Like see it well, out. Losing the league, yeah, yeah. So he's got a lot more bloody low points than not being able to get. But that's that's the measure of the man, frankly. Um, do you want? There was another one here that um, I I like primarily because the way it ends. So this is his fight. This is I think what he finishes the book on from from the way it looks. Sometimes I am asked whether there is life after football. I look at it this way. Imagine an ex-footballer going to the job centre. What sort of job are you after? He is asked. The guy thinks about it for a moment. Well, he replies. I want something along the lines of my last job. I'd like to start around 9.30 and finish no later than 1.15. I want lots of leisure, cracking wage, good bonuses, a car. And I want to travel first class, stay in the best hotels, meet interesting people, and I want everything taken care for me. My boots clean, my travel train arrangements made for me so that I don't have to worry about things like remembering a passport. And pigs might fly. The answer is that Football cannot be replaced, but it always comes to an end and all too quickly. It is while you are at the top that you should be building towards that time, learning from others and taking advantage of the opportunities you have to gain from the experience of different businesses. I live in another world now and I enjoy it immensely, but on their own, 
none of my many enthusiasms, golf, football management horses, will ever be a real substitute for the thrill of playing the game. Kevin Keegan is very much alive, but no longer kicking. <laughs> oh, was, I mean, I, I, it's a mixture of welling up and pooing my pants out of sheer laughter. Yeah, I mean, that, that's oh, excellent. I just, I just wonder who... It's the ghostwriters I feel sorry for. Or not, if they're the I, ones that I come up with this I personally feel sorry for the people that will never have his wisdom in their life. Oh, frankly, I feel sorry for anyone who's had to read it. <laughs> Kaboom, Kevin Keegan! Who's that So the upcoming game week fixtures. You want to know the fixtures, Manners? Yeah. Game week six. Here we go. Saturday, 22nd of September. Fulham against Watford is the early kickoff. Then we have Burnley, Bournemouth, Cardiff City against Man City, Crystal Palace against Newcastle, Leicester City against Huddersfield Town, Liverpool against Southampton, Man United against Wolverhampton Wanderers, and the late kickoff is Brighton against Tottenham. On the Sunday, we have West Ham against Chelsea. And Arsenal against Everton in what some will be calling the no defence derby. <laughs> Clean sheet I'm looking at is uh, obviously Man City against Cardiff. Um, Fabian Delph could be a good shout for that. Who else? Liverpool. Oh, who knows? It's all. It's all. There's, there's Champions League as well, mate. Champions League. So there's going to be rotation. So good luck if you've got a Liverpool spine. Good luck with that. That's it then, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to the Draft Fantasy Podcast. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Draft Fantasy Pod. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy game week six. We'll be seeing you again in two weeks' time. Until then, take care of yourselves and each other. Bye! The Draft Fantasy Podcast. It's, 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 it's.